Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. series called what's next what's next what's next and it's really about wherever you've been in your relationship with God wherever you've been in life without without coming at you too hard listen to me you've been there too long you've been there too long there's a promise in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 that we've been coming back to that I really want to resonate in your soul I've already started preaching if you haven't caught on okay Ephesians 3.20 on the screen goes like this. Now to him who is able to do, I want you to say the word in yellow with me, immeasurably more. Man, I love that word. More, more, more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God has got more for you. I feel emotional almost when I say that because I see so many people in life settle for half of the things that God had planned for them. I just want to get to heaven. That's cool. I mean, I guess it's better than hell. But what about when you get there and God unveils how just amazing earth could have been for you? The people he had in your life to impact. The homes, the businesses, the ministries, the aspirations. God's got more. Somebody say more. And so we drew a map of more throughout this series and we defined more or growth that's, that's too big. That's too big. I need to, yeah. Come on, I'm going to do it again. It's got too big. Here, this we go. That's better. Okay. We said that more, according to the scripture, and we've been studying this in the Bible, is really four. There's four steps. There's four things God would have you do, go to in your walk with God. Now, I, when I say this, there are two types of people in the room today, and I think you can separate them by experience and faith. You have the new believers who are like, awesome, just war? Yes. Come on, making a grilled cheese got more steps than growing in your faith. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a good deal. You're excited about it. That's them, and I'm glad that you're here. We're going to talk to you. We're going to expound on this. But then you have those who I think maybe have been in church for a couple of years. Maybe those who have experience in the faith. You look at four, and it doesn't free you. It frustrates you. Because you look at four, and you've already, we'll go back, and we'll talk about the first two that I taught, taught on already. And you'll be like, well, that frustrates me because I've done those already, and I still am where I am in my life. I still am where I am in my mind. And I know that can be frustrating And I just want to let you know that even though this might seem limited because you've tried this, do not fall into the lie of the enemy. The lie of the enemy, of the devil, our enemy, is this, that you need more than this. That when I talk about the four steps that God has for your life, you say, you know what, I need more than this. That's a lie. Here's the truth. You don't need more than this. You need more of this. More of it. It's about taking it to the next level. If I have trouble sleeping, I don't abandon sleeping. If I'm an insomniac, I don't go, well, sleep just doesn't work for me, so I'm not going to do it no more. I'm going to do less of it. Forget sleep. Who needs it? You don't do that. 
Because you understand that you need sleep to survive. What do you do with sleep? You engage with sleep at the next level. Are you tracking me? I got this little ring right here. This is my wedding ring. It's also, a, a, it's called an aura ring. It tracks my sleep. Let's me know when I wake up, when I have night terrors, like last night, it lets me know. <laughs> and, it, it lets me, and it gives me tips and advice. And so, you know what I do? Well, I was having trouble sleeping for many years. I, I got the ring. I started eating right. I, I put the phone off at a certain time. I started experimenting with supplements, melatonin. I bought a pillow, a nice one. Went through three mattresses. What did I do? I didn't give up on sleep because it wasn't working. I took it to the next level. Are you with me? There are some things in life we can't stop because they're not working. We got to engage with it on a deeper level. The diet stopped working. Of course it stopped working because you were 300 pounds when you started it. (laughs) So, So now that you're at another level of health and fitness, you need another level of discipline. Are you with me? You got to take it to the next level. I don't like my job. My job is boring. Stop getting bored. I'm going to free somebody or offend somebody. I don't know. Stop getting bored with your job and start trying to get better at your job. You switch careers like five times. I just get bored. You're not really bored with what you're doing. You're bored of where you are. But if you get better at your job, you can get promoted within your job. You can go from working for the company to owning the company to starting new companies. If you get better, you won't get bored. Don't just switch. Take it to the next level. This is how we do it with God. I haven't got to my title yet. I'm sorry, but I'll get there soon. This is how we do it. Remember the first step? What was the first step? Was know God personally. I'm not going to write personally because it's too much, but know God. That was the first step. When you do this and you try this, you don't stop there. Remember, it's cyclical. Growth is cyclical. Throughout your life, you take it to the next level. So first, you decide to give your life to Jesus. Then you take it to the next level. You start a Bible reading plan. Then you take it to the next level. You start praying. Then you take it to the next level, and you come to Saturday morning prayer, 9 to 10 a.m. every Saturday here in the Front Point campus. If you're looking to come, I, would, I don't want to be just us and us 40 people that show up every Saturday. Come. It's going to change your life. You take it to the next level. And then when you begin to take it to the next level in your actions, God begins to go to the next level in your heart. And when you first started in a relationship with God, you only thought about him when you were in trouble. And, and then you went to the next level. Then you started thinking about him whenever you came to church. But outside of Sunday and a crisis, he did not cross your mind. But then because you got it deeper and deeper, it went to the next level. Now you can't stop thinking about God. You think about him throughout the day. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like the veteran Christian been going through this for a while. You can't stop thinking about God. You think about him all the time. You know why? Because you took knowing God to the next level. At first, he was just God. Then he became Savior. Then he became King as your behavior began to align with his word. And then somewhere along the line, promise you, he becomes friend. You just keep going and going and going. See, when I say you've been where you've been too long, it's not that you got to try something new. you got to go on to what's next. What's next? You've been out there too long. Now you got to know him as friend. You've been knowing you grew up in church, so you just knew him as God. Now you're an adult. Now you get to choose if you want to be in a relationship with him. So will you know him as friend and have a relationship with him? The second step, do you remember the second step? It was break the cycle. Now, we have theological words for these, which you don't need to know unless you're going to Bible college, but they're helpful. 
So we call knowing God, what do we call that? Salvation. And then we call breaking the cycle. Yeah, look at you. I can hear you whispering it under your breath. I feel like a proud teacher. Sanctification. Now, breaking the cycle is, is starting to, to end the things in your life that have kept you trapped for so long. And so what do you do? You take it to the next level. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while. That helped at some point. But now you need to get in a small group. And so now you get in a small group, and all of a sudden, God breaks the cycle of isolation. Because yeah. you've been trying to fight this by yourself for so long. Now you got in a small group. Now you're around people. You get in the small group, and then the people you're with start opening up about their issues. And all of a sudden, you feel so good that you're not the only one who's jacked up. Guess what happened? God just broke the cycle of insecurity. Now, you can't be insecure when the other person, when a grown man across from you is crying. You're like, yo, me too, man, me too. You just get in there. You just get in there. And it's a married group, and you see that these Christian couples are talking to each other, and now all of a sudden, the cycle of disrespect that has been in your relationship begins to shatter. Are you tracking me? And can I just give you a spoiler alert? We will, there are more than enough wounds in our life for God to spend your entire life healing. More than enough habits in your life for God to spend refining. And so you don't go on to what's new, go on to what's next. <clears throat> now, up until now, we've just been focused on us. But something happens when you start to look upward, knowing God, and you start to heal inward, breaking the cycle. And here's what happens. You begin to move outward. Amen. Amen. See, you're not going to be broken forever. You're not going to have those wounds forever. There's going to come a point in your life when you experience healing. And when it does, the needs in your life are going to change. Yes, yeah. Psalms chapter 126, verse 1. Look what the psalmist says. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who, say the yellow word with me, dream. dream. The hungry person thinks only of food. The cold person thinks only of warmth. The poor person thinks only of bills, but the person who is safe, provided for, and cared for, a shift starts to take place in their life. And here is the shift. They begin to move from survival to significance. They begin to realize that they were made for more than just getting through. Huh? Am I the only one who's tired of just making it? Oh, my God, I'm tired of just paycheck to paycheck, struggle to struggle. You were not just created for survival. You were created for significance. You were created to impact the world. You were created not to just scrape by, but to be special. I really like this. It's time to go from drama to dreaming. <laughs> Ooh, I just felt somebody... Just get delivered right there. It's time to go from drama to dreaming. And here's the title of my message. Dream again. Dream again. I'm going to summarize these last two steps in one sermon today. And I want to summarize these last two steps in dream again. Most of the people that have problem with dreaming are going to fall into three categories. Category number one, there are people in the room today, people over at East, people online you have no dream. 
dreaming is for other people. It's for kids. I got adult issues and I've got adult responsibilities. I don't have time to dream. And now I don't mean to be mean, but I would, I would suggest that if you have no dream, you might have no relationship with God because it's impossible to be close to God and not dream. Acts 2.17 says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old man will dream dreams. This is why knowing God personally comes before dreaming because it's hard to dream when you try and tackle the world by yourself in your own strength, in your own power, you realize how short you come up. But then when you connect with God and you see how powerful he is, how amazing he is, how strong he is, it's, it's hard not to think about what could be possible when you partner up with the Lord. I'll tell you, any dreams that I had of building a big church that impacted the lives of people was shattered three months into starting Journey Church. On our launch day, we had 400 people. Praise the Lord. Three months later, we had 127 people. Praise the Lord. It was like the opposite of growing a church. And, uh, and it was hard. And I just knew right from the beginning, I could not grow this church by myself. I stopped dreaming. I had dreams and I stopped dreaming because I just think I could do it. And then somewhere along that process, I met a guy named Joey who I had known for many years who was really good at the things that I was not good at. He was really good at building systems and really good at load in and load out. You have no idea what that is here at Fern Park, but the East Campus is going wild right now because they know load in and load out is when you're portable and you set up the church in boxes and curtains and pipe and drape. And he was so good at that. When he became a part of the team, listen, because he could do what I could not do, all of a sudden I started to dream beyond what I could do. You see how that works? And then, you know, the teaching thing was always a gift of mine, but I didn't know how to mobilize people. And then that's when a girl started coming to our church named Karina. So good at facilitating people and getting people organized. All of a sudden, what this church could be grew. And then I was really bad at technology. Like we have this thing here for our dream team called Planning Center. It helps schedule people. I, I, don't, I don't know how it works. It's magic. I don't know. But then God brought this woman to our church named Jenny Boss, who was... We called her the data beast in the beginning. <laughs> she was so good at databases. Get it? Database, data beast. Anyway, um, so you were like, that's mean. <laughs> like, no, it was a compliment. All of a sudden, what could be? I started dreaming because I got around people who could do things I couldn't do. And then I started to feel in my heart that God maybe wanted to launch a campus, but we didn't have any campus pastors just lying around. And then I met Chris and Alana. And you get around them for five minutes and you know these two are pastors and they're designed to lead people and they're designed to love strangers and build churches. And all of a sudden the dream of East was born. It, it happened, that's why you gotta get around God. When you get around God and you understand that he can do what you can't do, your dreams become big for your life, for your family, for your business, for your marriage. Get around God. The second category of person when it comes to dreaming, listen, it's not that you have no dream. Your problem is that you have someone else's dream. You got your mom and dad's dream. Talking about, I want to be a lawyer and a doctor. Why? You faint at blood. 
You have not gotten an A on a test since second grade. I don't think lawyers in the cards for you, bruh. I don't know. I'm not coming. I'm not trying to kill your dreams, but is it even yours? I think, it's, I think sometimes we take on society's dreams. I'll speak to Journey Youth. I want to be rich and famous. Why? All those people seem so miserable to me. They seem so sad, so desperate for attention. That's who you want to be? Why? Because society tells you that that's who you need to be? Let me help every 15 and 17-year-old figure out now what 40-year-olds are still trying to take time to do. What are you called to do? What's your dream? And when I told my mom that I was called to do ministry, I said, I said, Mom, I think I'm going to do ministry. She said, that's nice. She said, and what will you do for money? Yes, sir. I, said, I said, oh, Mom, that's the job. The, the job is the ministry is the job. The, 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 I get the offering and the money, and I pray for my family that way. She didn't get that because we grew up in a church where everybody was volunteer. Like our, our lead pastor, we had a church like 120 people in New York. And our lead pastor, like, I think he was a mailman or something like that, you know? Come on, delivering the mail on Monday and the word on Sunday. Hello. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just, it just didn't, and she was very supportive. But I just, at the end of the day, I had to do what God called me to do with or without that blessing. Look at what Acts chapter 20, verse 24 says. I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only if I may finish my course, not your course, not his course, not her course, my course. I got to do what God called me to do, my course. And the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Some people don't like what Journey Church is because Journey Church is a church that's built to make Jesus accessible to anyone. They wish we spoke in tongues more. They wish we had more altar calls on Sunday. I can't build the church that you want. I got to build the church that God called me to plant. It's the church that I got to build. It's, I got to be obedient to what he called. This is a church for our neighbor. This is a church for the friend that don't go to church. This is a church for our cousins who have casted off church or promised that they'd never come back. This is a church for those people. I got to do what God, and if it never grows, my job is not to grow something. It's to be obedient to the dream that God gave me. Be obedient, be obedient to the dream that God gave you. I think the third category of person in this room today, listen, it's not that you have no dream. It's not that you have someone else's dream. You have a stale dream. Mark chapter 8, verse 23. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside, him being Jesus. And when he had spit on the man's eyes, don't, don't do what Jesus did here. Oh, I just walk up to blind people. Talk about, I read it in a book. <laughs> I read it in a book. I'm going to try it. No. Not unless the Lord specifically speaks to you in that way. Spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him. Jesus asked, do you see anything? Mark chapter 8 verse 24 says, he looked up and said, I see people but they look like trees walking around, so it's blurry. I love this story so much, number one, because it exemplifies that just because your healing isn't complete doesn't mean that God hasn't started healing you. I love that. I mean, that's not my sermon, but I'm just speaking to all my halfway healed Christians. Where you at? Come on. My halfway healed Christians. I'm there with you. I'm halfway healed. I love that, knowing that it's in the process. I couldn't see it all. Now I see it's the old blurry, though. But the other thing I love about it is, here's my question. If he's blind, then how did he even know what trees 
look like? And the only answer must be that he was not born blind, but that somewhere, somewhen, somehow, some way, he lost his ability to see. And I wonder how many people listening to this message today at one point in your life, you used to be a, you had vision. But something happened. Somehow, somewhere, some who stole your vision. And you can no longer see the way you used to see. If that's you today, we're going to help you get your vision back. We're going to help you get your dream back. Let me just tell you, you don't go into that slowly. If you want to get your vision back, if you want to start dreaming again, it's going to take a drastic step. You're going to have to maybe take a couple of days, pray fast. Maybe you have to take a big step, shameless plug. But you're going to have to do something big to jumpstart that dream again. And we're going to help you do that today. All right. So if you're ready, say, I'm ready. How do you, how do you start dreaming again? Well, the first step, which is actually the third step, is you want to discover your purpose. Discover your purpose. Discover your purpose. Um, my sons uh, wanted to do a puzzle, and uh, usually we do like 20-piece puzzles, 50-piece puzzles. You know, we evolved 100-piece puzzles, and I think after our first 100-piece puzzle, we went to Walmart, and they were like, I'm ready for the thousand. And I was like, son, there's a big difference between a hundred and a thousand. I don't think you want to do this. To be more clear, I don't think I want to do this <laughs> with you. Because I know you're going to start and then you're going to quit. It's going to be hard. They said, no, we'll do it. So to make it fun, we got a Star Wars one. And we started to do it. And I want to show you, it took about a month. They stopped. And then they, they, they would come in periodically and help out. And at the end, we did it. And I'm talking about, we did it. Uh, and I want to show you a picture of the puzzle that we finished. It was a Yoda picture. Go ahead, put the puzzle on the screen. Come on. A thousand pieces. This is my actual puzzle. I took a picture of it. Anybody see anything wrong with this picture? Can you see it? What's wrong? I can't tell you the words I said <laughs> when after a month of hard work with my children, we're looking at the whole thing and we zoom out. And there's one piece missing. I didn't take that piece out for the sake of this illustration. This was it. And I was so frustrated and I was so mad because it wasn't, I, I, I had 999 pieces in place, but I was missing the one piece to complete the puzzle. And I want you to take a good look at this hole right there on that screen because the reason why that hole is on that screen, hear me, is because that hole is your purpose. And God's picture, God's vision, God's dream for this city will not be complete until you get in position. 
God's picture, God's vision, God's dream for this church won't get in, it happen until you get in position. God's picture, God's vision, God's dream for your family won't be complete until you get in position. And you might say, well, I don't understand, Pastor JJ. There's so many other people in the world. Why can't God use them? No one like you. It's 999 pieces. Not one of them can do what I needed to do. I'm trying to tell you, there might be 999 people at this church, but not one of them. Stop looking around, waiting for him to do it. She to do it. They to do it. You're the only one that can do it. God made you specific with a dream, with a purpose, with a talent, with an ability, and only you can accomplish what God has called you to do. Only you. Well, there's just so many people in the world. None like you. None like you. Don't you understand? No one can do what you do. And this is why, by the way, you'll never be happy trying to copy somebody else. You won't fit. You won't fit in someone else's position. It's going to be like trying to force it in. You weren't cut that way. This is your purpose. How do you find it? Look what the Bible says. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. We have different gifts. Somebody say gifts. According to the grace. Somebody say grace given to each of us. I, I, I want to I hone in on gifts and I want to hone in on grace because you're going to discover your purpose when you understand what these two words mean. First, you have gifts. Gifts are the things that you're good at. It's very important if you're going to discover your purpose to know what you're good at. And don't just go by what your mama says. Can I help somebody? We've all seen enough singing competitions to know Mama ain't always telling the truth. My mama said I could sing. You can't. You. But I feel like I'm called to sing. Are you good at it? No. Then you're not. Can I just be real with someone? Let me help you to make sure you got a couple more opinions when you're trying to figure out what you're good at. Okay? But then there's grace. Listen, gift is what you're good at. Grace is what you enjoy. And you need to understand them both because there's things I got gifts for that I don't have grace for. That's good. Like my wife would say that I'm gifted at counseling people. That if you and I were to sit down and you were going through an issue, that I could walk you through that issue and help you get to the end that God has for you. Here's the problem. I was going to be transparent. I don't think I have the grace for that because I don't enjoy it. Well, pastor, that's your job. <laughs> Maybe... But I can't be no other piece. I can only be the piece that God made. When I sit down with someone and they tell me their problem, I immediately want them to stop talking and I want to give them advice. Immediately. And, and if, and, right, without even, did you pray? I don't pray. Listen, we're going to have to pause right now. And I know that a good counselor waits and they listen and they hear and they make you feel validated. I'm not cut that way. Listen, I'm good. I have a gift for raising my kids. My kids. Don't put me in jail, kids. I might have the gift for it, but I for sure ain't got the grace for it. <laughs> you think I shout when I preach? <laughs> put that down! Sit in the circle! Sit in the circle! Who's your parent? You're not allowed back anymore. Take this demon with you. 
I said, I don't have the grace for it. I don't have the grace for it. So here we have, do you have the gift for it? And do you have the grace for it? Now that ought to free you because God will never ask you to do something you're not good at and you don't enjoy. Which is why you should never be on a team that you don't feel called to, that you're not having a good time at. The last thing we need is a greeter who don't like people. You don't want that guy parking your car. Right? You got to be where you need, not where the church needs. Serving is more about what it's going to do in your life. And here's the last thing. You need to hit this because this is a big part of discovering your purpose. Not only you're good at it, not only you enjoy it, you've been through it. Now we have a word. Now let me tell you, if, if you want to get a picture of your future, look back at your history. Because oftentimes the things that you go through is really God's preparation for the dream he always had for you. And we have a word for this in theology. When we say discover your purpose, it's called redemption. Now, you might not know what redemption means. I'm going to give you a Bible verse, and then I'm going to make it real simple. Here's the Bible verse on redemption. Ephesians 1.7, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Here's redemption. Ready? Redemption is taking what you've been through and using it to help other people. Redemption is using what cost you. Redemption is exchanging something that is painful or seemingly has no value for something that has value. Now that I I explained it to you theologically, let me explain it to you. One second. Let me explain it to you uh, in in an example, an illustration. How many people remember the famous, world famous, House of the Mouse, Chuck E. Cheese? You remember Chuck E. Cheese? I didn't know about no Disney when I was growing up in New York. We didn't have money for Disney. House of the Mouse, Chuck Charles E. Cheese. That's what Chuck stands for, Charles E. Cheese. Man, we loved it, and we didn't love it for their pizza. We didn't love it for the, for the robots. We, lo- we loved it for the video games and, and loved it or hated it. We loved it and hated it. Yeah, boy. Somebody's either excited right now or got PTSD right now. I'm not sure. We loved it and we hated it for the tickets, man. You would you spend hours. Leave home with an eraser. <laughs> You're like, thanks. But, you know, they had, the, they had the PlayStation up there. You know, they had the big stuff, animals. And it's crazy because this is just paper. This has no value, at least it seemingly has no value, but it has the power to be redeemed for something that does have value. When you turn in something that doesn't have value for something that does have value, that's redemption. You're redeeming it. You're redeeming your prize. Now, now listen, if you want to embrace redemption, you got to understand how, how, how that works in your life. That means you have to understand that even though what you have looks like it has no value, it has value. Are you with me? This isn't just paper. 
If you were, if you were the eight-year-old version of me, you know what this is. This, this is time. This is work. This is tears. This is discipline. Trying to get the ski ball to curve left on the way up. Just, and, and, and then what else this is? This is disappointment. So many times I missed it. I was one little light off from the grand prize light that went right there. It's disappointment. All this, it might look like it's worthless. Listen to me, but your experience has value. And instead of complaining about your experience, thinking your experience, you need to start asking, what can I do with the experience I've earned? So I didn't have a dad growing up. That seems worthless. Mm, That's actually experience. Maybe you'd be really good in Journey Youth. Maybe you'd be really good in Journey Kids helping people who have no fathers. You become a father. Well, I've always felt alone in life. How about you redeem that? And instead of always feeling, how about you become the greeter? You become the host, because you know what it's like to feel alone. You, you, how about, I, I don't know, I don't really have a lot of talents. I don't really have a lot of gifts. I, I used to design club flyers. I used to design flyers for the club, for people to come to club. Well, how about you join the creative team and start designing flyers for people to come to church and not this club. Take what didn't have value. Take what didn't have worth and use it. Or I had an addiction. I had a secret. Maybe you'd be a great small group leader. You got to understand what you have is valuable, and you have to understand where to take it to. You take this to Walmart, you're not getting nothing. Nothing. You take it to the dude behind the counter at Chuck E. Cheese, or Dave and Buster's, or wherever you go, you're going to leave with something. I'm trying to tell you, take your pain to the club, you leave with nothing. Take your pain to the strip club, Take your pain to the bottle. Take your pain to the medication. Take, take, take your pain to him. Take your pain to her. You leave with nothing. But if you take your pain to Jesus, what looks like has no value, you can redeem for something of value. He takes your pain and he gives you purpose. He takes the bankruptcy and he gives you a business that makes millions of dollars. He he takes your mental health and he gives you a ministry that reaches thousands of people. He takes your struggle and he gives you a song that wins Grammys and goes platinum. When you give what you got in life back to Jesus, he gives you purpose. He gives you purpose. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. Take your purpose. I love what the Bible says. In Psalms 107.2, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. You've been through something, better use it. Better tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Tap your neighbor say, tell them. Come on, elbow hard. Say, tell them. Tell them what you've been through. Tell them. And here's what you do with that. You make a difference. Watch this video of this dream teamer whose life makes a difference in her and in the lives of others. Hi, my name is Inez and I started coming to Journey in 2021. I've had the opportunity of like serving in Journey um, with with J-Kids and just building an amazing community. I had just moved here and um, I was living with my sister. I came from New Jersey and she had a newborn baby so I was pretty much just 
helping her. I was the live-in nanny. Before J-Kids, um, I, I really don't know anyone here. I had a shield up. I didn't trust people too often. It was like home and work, home and work. But now it's like a big, um, a big community. A big community that I know I always have someone there for me. I had went to uh, admin when I first got here and I said, how do, how do I serve? How do I become a part of this team? And so Pastor Medi, um, she wrote my number down. She called me, you know, we were talking about where I wanted to serve and I told her how much I love kids and I love babies. And um, she asked me what I did. And, um, you know, I told her about my children's photography. Cause she told me she was a photographer. And she's like, oh, what's your Instagram? And so, you know, she was like looking at my page while we were talking, just connecting with her, just talking to her, like it was so welcoming. I know like as soon as Pastor Medi and I hung up, she's like, you have to do next step and you have to, and I think it was like Wednesday and I'm like, I need to get this done because I want to serve on Sunday. And so um, as soon as we hung up, I went straight to um, the app. I went on next steps and I did, you know, I did everything. Um, she did a background check and by Sunday I was able to serve. I was only serving for six months and right off the bat, it was just like, I knew. I knew that I can count on them. I knew that I can call them in. Um, I knew that they would be there for me. Last year, July, 2022, I got hurt and I could like barely walk. When I got to work, the nurse practitioner said, I really think you should go to the hospital. It was like lower abdomen, back pain. Immediately when I got to the hospital, the first thing I wanted to do was call my J-Kids family. My leader, Leslie, at the time, she actually came to the hospital and she sat with me and um, and they did a bunch of tests and they found two masks on my ovaries um, and they were pretty big so they were concerned and you know they threw that scary word in you know and so they were concerned that it was cancer and um, even while waiting for the results I felt peace I felt peace like I knew that no matter the outcome, like I knew that I can count on my J-Kids family to help me through, see me through anything. But Leslie came over and she sat with me. Uh, Pastor Medi was on the phone and she was uh, praying for me. Um, they did multiple scans, multiple tests. Um, and thank God it came out negative but they were the first people that I wanted to call. You know, like the believers, the ones who I knew would pray for me and um, be strong for me. Being a part of the Dream Team, being a part of Journey Kids is life-changing. Um, you feel seen, you feel heard, you feel loved, for sure. You know, everywhere that I go, or if I know someone that comes to church and they don't, uh, they don't serve, I tell them how amazing it is. I tell them what a great community it is. 
being around that community, like, it's so welcoming. Um, it's so nice to see how they truly care. Like, they love each other. They love, we, we love the kids so much. Um, and we love Jesus. And, you know, we do it all for Him. And just being a part of that, I want to be here every Sunday. You know, I, I even come in if I'm not on the schedule to serve because I want to be a part of that. And I love being here. Well, we love all of our teams. We love Inez. Listen, I think the way Inez feels, a lot of people would say they feel serving on a team, just being connected to your purpose, whatever it is. And uh, that's what the Bible says in John 15, 8. This is why you need this, not just being a part of the team here at church, but stepping into the purpose that God has for you, being a stay-at-home mom. He's been asking you for a while, but that's what you need to do, if that's what God's calling you to do. Starting that business, whatever it is the Lord's asking you to do, you're not gonna find the joy until you start to do this for others. Look what it says, John 15, eight. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Okay, so I want you to make a difference. Bear fruit, look at verse 11. I've told you this so that my joy, joy, somebody say joy, may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You're never gonna have complete joy. We have a word for this in theology, make a difference. It's called this, restoration. You know why? Because your story, this is why your purpose is so important. Your story is a part of a bigger story. Your story is a part of the story of the world. Do you know the story of the world? I'll summarize it in 30 seconds. This is the story of the world. God created the world. That's called creation. And when he created it, it was perfect, and it was blameless, and there was no death, and there was no murder, and there was no sickness. But then humans, being humans, did something called the fall. You know, Adam and Eve, if you hadn't heard the story, ate the fruit, started lying, their children start killing each other, and I need this to get into your heart, because a lot of people blame God for the state of the world. The world we live in is not the world God created. Look at me, we did that. We're the ones that created weapons. We're the ones that steal. We're the ones that invented nuclear technology. We did that. Not God. We did the fall. But then Jesus came, died on the cross, and through his blood, redeemed. Now, a lot of people think if Jesus died on the cross, shouldn't the world be perfect again? No, because Jesus didn't die on the cross to get the world back to creation. Jesus died on the cross to redeem humanity and turn sinners into saints, to turn broken people into believers, turn victims into warriors, so that when he created, now us, followers of Christ, look what we're supposed to do, followers of Christ. We're supposed to turn the world back to creation. It's, that's why we had 68 people yesterday serving over 200 hours of community service here in Orlando. You know why? Because we're trying to get the world to look like what it looked like before the fall. We're trying to get rid of poverty. We're trying to get rid of homelessness. We're trying to get rid of cancer. We're building wells in Africa. We're, we're doing orphanages. We're, we're launching homes. We're helping people pay their bills. We're training. We're giving away resources because the job of the church, y'all, is not to try and just get people to come to heaven. But look what it says in Matthew 6.10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The church's job is just not to get people to heaven, but to get heaven to come to earth. To make this world look like it's supposed to look in heaven. That's our job. And how do we do that? Easy. 
you got saved. God started working on you, the things that are in you because of the fall, then you get redeemed. You use your pain, your past, to now become a process of the restoration, ready? And your restoration leads to someone else's salvation. And then the cycle. And we've been in this cycle for 2,000 years, y'all. And the world today, say what you want about it. I wouldn't trade this world for the first century AD. Jesus is restoring the world through Christianity, through the Bible, through the word, through his spirit. And it's going to keep happening until the day that Jesus comes back for his church and puts the final touches on earth and breaks the cycle and puts an end to sin and death. That's God's plan for you and for me. And so really quickly, if you're here today, two things. Number one, I want to encourage you to come tonight, 5 p.m. Registration is going to close at 2 because we're offering meals, so we got to shut it down. But if you want to get connected, if you're looking for purpose, be a part of the local church. It's a great start. I'm not saying your purpose ends here, but it could start here, and it can make its way outside. The QR code will be behind me on the screen. You can also sign up at the tent, a big step. Sign up for that. I want you to dream again. I want you to believe again. And dreaming and believing again starts here, y'all, knowing God. So I want to pray for two people. First, I want to pray for all those whose dreams have gotten stale, who have no dreams, who have someone else's dream. Every head but every eye closed. If that's you in the room today, over at East, every head but every eye closed. Father, you see their needs, you see their heart, you see their pain, you see their emptiness, you see their brokenness, you see the dreams that they have, that they used to have. God, I pray that you would restore that right now in Jesus' name. I pray, I pray dreams are coming back right now. I see visions of companies and visions of missionaries and visions of books and novels and songs and artwork and, and visions of, of communities, Lord God, and, and of doctors, Lord. And I just see there's this there's coming back, Lord, of master degrees, doctorate degrees, and franchises, Lord. Dreams are coming, not for us, but so that we can make a difference in the lives of other people. That's why you're calling. I pray dreams are coming back right now. Keep every head bowed, keep every eye closed. If you're in the room today, that starts with knowing God. Starts with knowing Jesus. If you're over at East watching online, that starts with knowing Jesus. So on the count of three, if you're ready to get in a relationship with Jesus, discover salvation. And then he'll start the process of sanctification, redemption, and restoration. But you're ready to take that first step to know God personally, be in a relationship with him. On the count of three, shoot your right hand high. That's you all over this building. One, two, three. Right now, hands held high. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Your journey begins today. Your journey begins today. If you raise your hand, even if you didn't, I want everybody to pray out loud these words. Father God, today my journey begins. Today, I'm coming back home to you. Jesus, be the Lord and Savior. Come on, say it out loud. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Today, I begin the journey of knowing you. In your name I pray. Forgive me for my sins. Amen and amen. Come on, would you put your hands together for all those who made a decision? We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.